Welcome to The Human Project, your podcast for inspiring stories. I'm still here in Georgia in Tiflis and my today's guest name is Lasha Bakratze. Is this Bakratze. correct? Bakratze. Oh, it sounds even Ze. better. Bakratze. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like uh, Azzurro or something like this in Italian. It's oh. Ze. Hmm? It means, I like the, is it also, does it mean blue in Georgian language? No, 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 but this is Z. Okay, I, I just, know <laughs> yeah, I have the okay. Atsuro, da, 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 da. So we are sitting here in your office, and I have to say it's amazing. It's in really shining green colors, and then you have a lot of artwork hanging around here. It's impressive, with very high walls and old furniture here. Yes, Yes. very old. <laughs> <laughs> and we are in the... Georgi Leonitz, State Museum of Georgian Literature. Yes. Did I pronounce that correctly? Georgi Leonitz. Oh. Georgi Leonitz was a uh, very good writer, Georgian, and he was long time uh, and first director of this museum, and so became this uh, name, our museum, but we can say also Georgian Literature Museum. Mm-hmm. A common friend introduced me to you. It's the first time we're meeting here. I just jumped into your office 10 minutes ago. Yes. And Gela said, wow, you're going to meet a good friend of mine and he has so much knowledge about history. Yeah. You told me you're an historian. Yes. You did study history. And, and uh, I study also literature. Yes. Oh. First I studied linguistics and literature and afterwards history. Wow. <laughs> and now you're the director of this museum here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's the museum about? What do you normally show here? Uh, it's called museum, but in reality, uh, this is an um, archive of Georgian literature from the beginning of 19th century till today. Uh, 19th century, beginning of 19th century is the beginning of uh, Russian uh, colonialism here. And it's, we can say, Russian and Soviet time mainly uh, represented uh, here in museum. It's mean we have uh, huge archive of manuscripts of uh, Georgian um, writers, very good and also one of biggest photography archives from the beginning of photography, from the middle of 19th century till today, and also many, many memorabilia, which means uh, we have uh, clothes from uh, the writers or writing machines or something else what um, belongs to very famous Georgian writers. Mm-hmm. Is it all kept in Georgian in this beautiful unique language or do you also have manuscripts that were composed in Russian language? Mainly it is in Georgian because Georgian writers was writing in Georgian but sometimes it's also Russian because for example letters to uh, or letters from Pasternak we have uh, here also or somebody was writing in uh, French and French was very common in 19th century end of 19th century beginning of 20th century so we have in different languages also but mainly it's for sure Georgian. What do you think I would need to know about the Georgian language as we're here in a museum of literature? And for me, walking around in Tiflis, it's like, oh wow, I do not understand a word. It's like when I was in Armenia, I do not understand a word. So what do I need to borrow? What is the origin of this, I would really say, beautiful language? Uh, One side is language, which is very... um, 
very um, uh, special because uh, we Georgian language have no big relationship to other languages uh, and um, Armenian is one of Indo-European language. Mm -hmm. So as Armenian, right? Huh? As Armenian language. Armenian language is Indo-European language, and Georgian is uh, in a lead group of languages in which Georgian is the biggest language. It is so-called Caucasian languages. It is North Caucasian language, like Chechen, Cherkess, uh, Dagestani languages. Uh, some linguists nowadays say that North Caucasian have not so big. Uh, thing to do with South Caucasian and South Caucasian Georgian languages because inside of Georgian languages we have also Migrelian, Swanian, Lazian language uh, which um, is from Western Georgia. Um, but what is common with Armenian we have very old tradition of own writing and so if you don't know Georgian uh, writing, you cannot read anything here because it's very special, very old writing. Our uh, alphabet is coming uh, at least from 5th century uh, or 4th century. And uh, from 5th century, we have also literature written in Georgian uh, and uh, one of first biggest literature uh, text from the beginning of Georgian literature is a martyrium, because it's Christian uh, country, martyrium of uh, Saint Shushanik. And this Saint Shushanik was a woman. It is very interesting because it is also somehow about emancipation of women from his men. This very early literature monument. We are talking about the fifth or yeah, fourth century, fifth, and there you said there was a fifth, yeah. and there was a leading woman, and she was writing about emancipation, as we would call Not it now. Not writing. It is it is the life of this uh, saint uh, mm -hmm. Shushanik, uh, written by um, a monk. Mm -hmm. uh, it is one side very typical martyrium. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side is, in many cases, very interesting uh, literature uh, text. And because it is about the women and how this woman is fighting against his men, <laughs> husband, it is very interesting also in this feministic view. Oh, yeah? Which plays an important role also these, yeah. these days. <laughs> so I understand correctly, there is a story out describing the life of maybe a marriage, man and a woman, yeah. and it shows a very strong female role. Yes, absolutely. Sure, wow. yes, yes. Very strong uh, female role, and uh, how he, she's, uh, she's going on this Christian way, but also emancipation way. Uh, it's very interesting in this. And uh, it is translated in German, for example. I don't know if it's in English. And uh, I was also involved in Frankfurt Book Fair, as Georgia was the main guest uh, of Frankfurt Book Fair. And uh, uh, we are made uh, with a little uh, uh, Leipzig, um, uh, how 
to say in English, Ferlag. Mm -hmm. Edition. Edition. Uh, uh, we make uh, some um, texts from early Georgian literature, beginning with uh, life of Shushanik. Oh wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. So you said it's a very old language. Yeah. How many um, letters is the alphabet consisting of? Nowadays, uh, thirty-three. It was what is yeah? What does it mean nowadays? <laughs> it has changed. <laughs> it's changed in nineteenth century. Uh, uh, it was made a little, um, uh, little um, renovation of Georgian uh, <laughs> language. And I like that idea. <laughs> and uh, it was um, five. Uh, Consonants or five letters, mm, no, five letters, which in these times they were thinking it is not so useful. So and it became more practical. <laughs> they put it out from Georgian alphabet. Yeah. So, um, what are the um, found proofs of date? When was the Georgian language established? What do you have as a beginning date for your own country's language? Uh, language, it's not. Uh, it is not possible to say when the language was established. It is absolutely not uh, um, not possible. How we can say about German or English when but he was? I, uh, I agree. But do you have something, some hints that you could find in history where you say this is at least from that point on? No, uh, we can say that first text is in uh, Georgian, which is written mm -hmm. on. Uh, Churches, for example, we have from first century first. after uh, after uh, Christ. But the Georgian legends say that in third century before Christ, it was a king uh, of Eastern Georgia, Parnavas, and he established the writing. But mm -hmm. the writing is one side, and the other side is the language. Language is much more older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many different languages are spoken within Georgian? You mentioned some before. Yeah. How many but are officially counted? Mm -hmm. uh, Caucasus is generally one of the uh, most multicultural, mm -hmm. multilinguistic uh, parts of the world. And many, many languages, ethnic groups uh, are living in Georgia. What I mentioned is they are all Georgians, but they have different also uh, own languages, which is mainly used at home. But there is, for example, uh, many, many uh, centuries in Georgia living also Armenians, for example, uh, also Turkish language peoples in uh, nowadays occupied territories through Russia, from Russia, uh, uh, um, which is a big problem for Georgia, uh, living, for example, ethnic groups like Abkhazians, very special language, or Ossets, uh, Ossetians. Uh, but also many other uh, languages are also uh, in Georgia. It was big minority, for example, uh, Greek minority here in Georgia, or 
on also many other Caucasian languages, but also Kurds are living here, uh, and Russians for sure also, uh, and many others. How many? I would say I don't know so directly, but many, many languages are in Georgia uh, speaking. And they are still practicing that. They try to keep up with the habitude to keep their own language. Uh, yeah, sure, clear. Uh, Armenians, Azerbaijanis, uh, sure, they are using uh, own languages uh, and uh, the others also. Yeah. This would lead me to another question, mm. Lasha. Like, yeah. when you speak so many different languages, and we are yeah. not talking about dialects, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a different yeah, separate yeah. language. Yeah, Is it then also like you have a different cultural environment with own customs yeah, and habitudes? Mm. Yeah. Or would you say, no, you do have here in Georgia one nonetheless common cultural ground? No, no, uh, we have, if I say about multicultural uh, culture in Georgia, I am talking about that these uh, people are using own languages and especially Tbilisi was every time science founding of Tbilisi and Tbilisi is founded in fifth century, um, uh, science them is really a multicultural city, Tbilisi. And uh, many people who are living uh, here was talking in many different languages because it was necessary to understand this, uh, each other. For sure, Armenians, Azeris, Persians, uh, uh, Georgian Jews are speaking Georgian. Um, everybody needs for communication, many languages. And it was when the Russians come to Georgia. Which was in which year? Beginning of 19th century, yeah. Uh, uh, it was slowly going uh, down this culture of multi-language uh, speaking. Uh, because Russia was afterwards uh, uh, language in which the people was talking with Jesus. It was a pity for this really, and in 19th century it was still there. For example, even uh, my uncle, uh, who is uh, not so old, uh, can speak very well Armenian and uh, Azerbaijani because he's Tiflis uh, boy and uh, oh man, <laughs> and. Um, in the courtyard in old city of Tiflis was spoken many, many languages. So you say there was a decline of the variety of languages since the Russian has been here in yes. the beginning of the 19th century? Yes, but, but more in the Soviet time. In the Russian Tsaristic time it was like all traditional uh, societies still somehow there, but in Soviet time it was uh, more and more uh, the uh, Moscow was trying this Russification politics mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and also many, for example, Tbilisi Armenians was not more talking very well Armenian or Greeks uh, was not more talking uh, Greek language, uh, they was more Russificated. Which means like, even I think I can feel mm -hmm. it until today here, you have like Russian radio, Russian 
television? No, we have not. Uh, in reality, it is not so much Russian TV or something. We have from Russia. Uh, you, you can see also Russian TV on uh, Georgian uh, in Georgian television, but not so much. Ah, because and I've seen that you say it's there, but people are not consuming it. Uh, not so much, not so much. It, uh, from Russia is coming, uh, and it's a uh, big problem, like in Western Europe nowadays also, Russian propaganda. Uh, yes, and uh, but uh, Russian was never, even in Soviet time, was uh, never main language. It was, it was uh, Russians was trying this, but in Georgia was Georgian language and. Uh, 1978, it was one of first big demonstrations in uh, Tbilisi because it was um, changed uh, in law that uh, in Georgia the state language in Georgian Soviet Republic before was Georgian and uh, in this time um, the central uh, uh, state try to change this. Uh, it was not told that into Russian, but uh, uh, they don't want any more that is written that is Georgian language. Say it, but understandable for everybody was if not Georgian, <laughs> it means Russian. Yeah, in this time, and this was a big demonstration. This demonstration was one of first in Soviet Union, which had. Uh, impact yeah on the end uh, government say okay uh, it will be in georgian constitution still this uh, paragraph in which is said that georgian is the main language in soviet georgia so the demonstration was successful yes, in that yes. year 1978 and, and, uh, and something like this is not normal in the soviet time mm -hmm. yeah. Question. Um, when it comes to the Caucasus, yeah. Yeah, which is consisting of Azerbaijan, Armenia and Georgia... Um, uh, no, it is South Caucasus. Armenia, Azerbaijan and, and uh, Georgia is South Caucasus. Uh, and Caucasus is also North Caucasus. Behind these big uh, uh, mountains is so-called North Caucasus, which is nowadays in uh, Russian hands. Mm -hmm. Do you, can you find that what you have said about Georgia, this multicultural and multilinguistic background, can you see that in the other Caucasus um, countries as well, or is it typical for Georgia? Uh, Georgia is somehow special, but also in Azerbaijan is so, but also, for example, in Dagestan, it is one of uh, autonomous republics in uh, Russia. They have many, many languages there, yeah. uh, but languages which is spoken in different villages there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have now the exhibition uh, from very interesting German ethnographer and, and linguist uh, Adolf Dier, and Adolf Dier makes photos of the, in, yeah, on the beginning of uh, 20th century, before First World War, uh, here in Caucasus, and uh, you can see how colorful and how really multicultural was Georgia, uh, not Georgia, but Caucasus. And it's outstanding, interesting also today to see this because nowadays the people are not anymore not wearing this 
national dresses and so uh, and uh, how they looks like and it's really good exhibition and it's first time that we can see these photos from Adolf Thiel. <coughs> mm. This is the exhibition that we are yeah. fully going yeah. after to. Mm. Um, am I, uh, a thought crosses my mind, if you have so many different cultural backgrounds, how can you cooperate, live here together, at least to a certain degree? Because you know about the conflict in yeah, Karabakh, we've yeah. spoken about it, it is currently ongoing, it has been ongoing since decades, and yeah. whoever knows what the solution yeah. is. How can you still make sure that you feel unified? What is the common element here? Um, yes, it is not so easy to answer, but I can say to you that we have in Georgia many villages in which Armenians and Azerbaijanis are living together. And it's not anymore, it's not more normal in Azerbaijan or in Armenia. Yeah? Um, but I think this tradition, we have also problems, it is not without problems, for sure. Uh, but still, I think this tradition to live together is uh, in Georgia maybe stronger, but uh, uh, I have to say it is not uh, every time easy. Yeah, we have also some problems with this, and for example, this uh, I uh, told about this Russian occupied territories, and on this Russian occupied territories are living ethnic minorities of Georgia, and they are nowadays through Russian propaganda also, but also through bad Georgian politics uh, against to live together in Georgian state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the current role of Russia in Georgia? Um, Russian role is uh, absolutely negative role. Uh, it is Russians don't, oh, okay, Russians, uh, I have very good friends in Russia also, <laughs> it's not so correct, uh, the government of Russia. Mm -hmm. And the government, I don't mean only Putin, because sometimes I heard in Europe when Putin is not there, it will be beautiful uh, relationship to Russia. No, uh, we have not so good relationship uh, with Russia since Georgia going own way to the independence. And, uh, this was in which year? We are talking about 1919? Uh, yes, we are talking uh, about uh, from the end of 80s uh, and beginning of 90s. So Russians don't like that um, somebody is going own ways. They are thinking absolutely imperialistic way that everything what was Soviet Union belongs till today to Russia. And uh, they see this as influenced um, territories on which Russia uh, must have influence. Uh, and uh, if you say we don't want to live together with Russian state, um, they are trying, like with this occupation of 20% of Georgian territories, to um, stop this going away from Russia. Uh, and Russian propaganda is working here also against uh, 
uh, Western ideas for, for more democracy, for more rights for women, for more rights from uh, sexual um, minorities and everything. Uh, and uh, uh, it is against democratic way of Georgia. Like, uh, and um, uh, we can say nowadays Russia is only negative role in the uh, for Georgian reality. So one might say, okay, forget about Russia. Yeah. But in reality, it's not easy because mm. most probably there is a high link, there is a high interactive yeah. economical exchange. Mm. To what extent, what is the trade between Georgia when it comes to economy? What do you trade with Russia? What do you get from Russia? What is Russia taking from you? Uh, trade, um, Russia, uh, uh, we have science, we go on this way of independence, very bad um, uh, relationship to Russia. Uh, even before the war 2008, Russia uh, have forbidden uh, to bring to Russia Georgian wine, for example. Georgian wine is one of biggest uh, export uh, things from Georgia to Russia. Uh, and through this, they, and also from uh, uh, agricultural products from Georgia. And they wanted to this, uh, press Georgia in economic way. And, but I have to say, since uh, uh, Georgia was not more exporting so big amount of wine to uh, Russia, its quality of Georgian wine is growing up because we have to search for uh, other um, uh, markets. And uh, it was really very good thing for Georgian wine. To become even more independent because you were forced yes. to look around. Yes, yes, yes. What do you get from Russia? Where are you dependent from Russia? Um, um, okay, when you go in supermarket, you will see many, many products from mm -hmm. Russia. But uh, like everywhere, Russia is uh, also exporting uh, uh, gas, for example, uh, to Georgia. But we are not so much dependent to Russia because our neighbor, Azerbaijan, have also gas and oil. And you are still in good relationship towards Azerbaijan as Georgian, mm -hmm. whereas the Armenians are not, right, because yeah. of the war. So you would say you have both good relationships still to the other countries, Azerbaijan and Armenia, and you try to keep a good mm -hmm. relations, yes. right? We can say that we try really uh, very, to have good condition, a very good uh, relationship to Azerbaijan and Armenia. Azerbaijan, we have really good uh, relationship to Armenia also, but uh, before um, uh, Pashinyan get prime minister of Armenia, we can say that uh, Armenia was very pro-Russian. Pro-Russian, it's mean in this case, uh, not that the big sympathies existing for Russia, but on the other side, uh, Armenia see self between Turkey and Azerbaijan, and the only big country who is uh, somehow um, uh, 
unterstützen. Supporting. Supporting. Uh, supporting Armenia is Russia. And they are much more uh, dependent on Russia. Uh, but for example, uh, one not even one week is uh, signed this. Uh, uh, it was an um, exchange between Azerbaijan and uh, Armenia. It was um, uh, some uh, Armenian soldiers was um, liberated from uh, Azerbaijan and Armenia gives maps of uh, Nagorno-Karabakh uh, where is bombs there uh, to Azerbaijan and this happens through Georgia and uh, Georgia is trying to uh, to play a role between Armenia and Azerbaijan because we see very well that if in uh, Caucasus is war this war will be only in interest of uh, other countries and these other countries is not is not only uh, Russia in this case also Turkey and so uh, and uh, it is not in interest of these three republics of uh, South Caucasus. Thank you. When I was close to Karabakh, as close as I could get, because right mm -hmm. now no one yes. can get in, because there's just a small corridor yeah. going into this mm. small domain that is still part of Armenia, whereas the rest is occupied, however mm. you would call it, whether yeah. the war has ended, okay. <laughs> difficult to decide. Yeah. And I could see that there was economically, um, it became economically problematic. Mm. Have you been seen economic impact of the war, which is still far away, but close enough maybe? Mm. Have Georgia, did it undergo a certain economical, not, not crisis, but maybe less than a crisis during last year's war? Uh, you know, last year's, like this year, is this time of this pandemic and uh, COVID times, and it's not so easy to say I don't think that uh, the war between Azerbaijan and Armenia makes something big difference for Georgia and economy, but uh, still we cannot say what mm -hmm. happens because uh, it was uh, um, everywhere in the world. This, this uh, COVID mm -hmm. pandemic is a big problem for economy and for sure also for Georgia. Uh, but uh, directly this war uh, makes no big uh, change for mm -hmm. Georgia. Well, it I was is, doing it my is more political thing for Georgia okay. uh, because it is dangerous if we have in the near this war we have Russian soldiers yeah. inside of yeah. Georgia and so it is a big problem uh, and if in Azerbaijan also staying Russian soldiers it will be a problem for Georgia. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would like to jump now back in time because when we have spoken Lasha just before I heard that there were like excellent relationship between the Germans and uh, Georgia, Georgia and Germans. Um, earlier last century, we've spoken about the time around 1918, and I learned from you that um, at that time, Azerbaijan provided 50% of the energy resources when it comes to, to petrol. Oil. On oil, oil, yeah. Oil for the world, 50% at that time. So Georgia is a passage 
became very important. Mm -hmm. What can you tell me more about that relationship between Georgia and uh, Germany at that time? Mm -hmm. Because you told me your PhD mm -hmm. specialization yeah. is exactly yeah. on that subject. Yes. I wrote my book about uh, Georgian-German relationship in First World War. Uh, and uh, we can say that uh, Georgia became independent in 1918. Uh, uh, how to say 1918? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1918. Uh, also through uh, German uh, supporting. Uh, in this time, it was. Um, First World War time, uh, and um, in Georgia we had, um, and in Caucasus, uh, we had uh, parties in Georgia, Social Democrats, in Azerbaijan, Musawatis, in Armenia, Dashnaks, and so, and they was not. Uh, um, recognizing what happens in Russia in October uh, 17 because uh, this Bolshevik revolution was uh, they was against Bolshevik revolution they was for February revolution in Russia because it was a chance for Russia to become a democratic country but after Bolshevik revolution it was clear that no democracy was existing there and um, but uh, it was a war a war time and uh, Turkey or Osmanic um, Empire was pushing and uh, coming inside of uh, South Caucasus and so and uh, Georgians saw that uh, it was they try on the beginning to make a Caucasian federation but afterwards everybody saw that it was a different interests. And so uh, Georgia declared on 26 May uh, independence. And also because before this declaration, they get from Germany support and Germans say, we will support this Georgian independence. And after this, 26 May and declaration of independence, uh, Georgian army, the, the German army, especially Bavarian troops, oh. come, yes, Bavarian troops come to Georgia and they were supporting Georgia also against Osmanic Empire and Osmanic Empire was on the side of Germans in First World War. Don't forget it. And uh, it was really good relationship. It is somehow funny also. Imperial German army and uh, government of social democrats here. Georgia was the first country in the world in which social democrats was uh, in government. Before Weimar Republic, because it is some months before, <laughs> yeah, uh, in May, already and uh, Georgia was very interesting for 
socialists in Europe uh, because it was somehow experiment here how and also anti-Bolshevik experiment. On the other side was socialist in Bolshevik way or communism in Bolshevik way and socialism in the way and the view of Georgian Social Democrats. Georgian Social Democrats was very influential also in Russia, not only in Georgia. And uh, they tried really to make many, many reforms in this short time, which we are um, uh, named today the First Republic. Yeah? We are living nowadays in the Second Republic <laughs> of Georgia after uh, breaking away Soviet Union and the first Republic also after breaking off Tsaristic Russia. Uh, and uh, it not only because Georgia was independent, also because Georgia was a socialistic alternative to Bolsheviks, uh, it was main thing for Lenin and Stalin uh, to occupy uh, Georgia and they come 1921, Red Army um, come to Georgia and occupied Georgia and uh, it was the end of so-called First Republic. But in this short time between May till November when German Empire uh, was um, on the end of First World War. <laughs> what word are you looking for? Uh, for the word uh, in German, we can say uh, Zusammenbruch des Deutschen. Uh, right. End. End of, okay, we can say. Let's easier. call it neutral. <laughs> end. end of German Empire and First World War. Uh, it was really very good relationship between uh, Germans. Uh, here and uh, and um, Georgians mm. and yes, here was for example as a German diplomatic vertreter um, uh, how to say in English vertreter represented it was a very interesting man uh, Graf von Schulenburg which was uh, before the war between Soviet Union and Germany. Uh, he was the last uh, ambassador of Germany in uh, Soviet Union. Uh, and uh, I would like very much... Uh, this was in which year? 1918. Still 1918. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was a representative of the, the, the German, diplomatic mm -hmm. representative of Germany here. The last one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, first and last one. Mm -hmm. uh, no, not last first one. Uh, and um, I would like very much to make about him an um, exhibition because uh, he was really interesting man and even in Germany not so many things is known about him. And he was also in this uh, uh, German opposition against Hitler in later time. This was a deep lesson in history. I would have one last and final question as much as I enjoy talking to you, yeah. Lasha. It's really interesting, I'll learn a lot. Yeah. When you, who has studied history and one can see how much you are still in historic subjects and topics, when you have a look at history, 
Do you believe that humans learn from history? Can you see that they evolve, they make a mistake, and years after they recognize it was bullshit what we did? So we are not doing it again, and that they give this information from one generation to the next. Or when you look back at history, you have to say, at the end, the cause for conflicts, they are repetitive. Even when you manage to solve one conflict, more or less the same in another color is showing up at another part of the world. I can say no. We don't learn anything from history. Uh, because when we are talking about the First Republic, for example, and First Republic in South Caucasus, in this time also it was a fighting between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And after this uh, war between Armenia and Azerbaijan, uh, the Red Russia came and occupied both countries. And, uh, but this helped not to understand that this uh, war between these little countries make uh, only uh, the third uh, participants uh, happy. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I like very much history and I am also working and fighting for better understanding of Soviet time history because this is till today very important in uh, Georgia, but on the other side I don't see that uh, knowledge of history helps somehow uh, to become better future. Do you still think that it is important that pupils at school need to understand history, learn history, because at the same time you know yourself, what is written in the history books is also sometimes propaganda, just yeah, believing sure. out part of the story. Yeah. You get another perception. Yeah. And you've spoken about the Russian propaganda. I would mm. even say in Germany we do have the same. We just don't call it propaganda. Yeah, yeah. But you do have also media that don't mm. show the whole cake. Yeah. Government is not talking about the whole cake, just part mm. of it. Mm. So to what extent do you then still see it's important to be educated in history when it, at the end it doesn't even yeah. make a difference because yeah. people run again in their defaults? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is not so easy to answer. As a historian, I say yes to uh, learn history is important, for sure, uh, not history for propagandistic uh, uh, um, purpose. Yeah, propagandistic uh, things, but uh, to learn, to discuss problems on history is very important, and for post-Soviet countries, very important to understand the Soviet history, what it means totalitarian or authoritarian regimes. It is very big thing for us uh, because still very much is coming from this, thinking is coming from the Soviet time. Uh, but um, how we are teaching this at the school is a really big problem. Uh, and but still, I would say uh, discussion. And first, we have to something to learn. We have to make different books about different uh, times or parts of history, and to have discussions and to think about this. It it is never history one view. Because mm -hmm. history is not like mathematics, but when you can say that is true, that is not. Mm -hmm. uh, but every time discussion and uh, for sure 
our view on history is depending on the time in which we are living. The 19th century written history of Germany or Georgia is a different to the history what we are writing mm. today, even about Middle Ages. Mm. Um, we are changing our view on history mm. from this mm. time. Good point. Yeah? Mm. Uh, and uh, if we don't know anything, if we, we are don't research anything, we cannot even change this. Nobody can happy fully about history. Nobody can happy about how we are teaching history, because some standards is there if we are teaching, but history is changeable. Mm. Yeah. Lasha Bakratsk. Bakratze. It's very easy. Lasha Bakratze. Lasha Bakratze. It was yeah, very a, good. Oh, finally, <laughs> here we go. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed those forty-five okay, minutes. Okay, I'm sorry for you. my bad English. In German, I would speak easier and uh, yes aber, but but we have to speak in nowadays world in english <laughs> yes. and maybe in 20 years we have to speak in chinese <laughs> oh, oh, oh this is the outlook of the future um thank you also listeners dear listeners for being here again it was so spontaneous and so deep about the history of of georgia I would definitely invite you to come over here. It's an amazing city where you can really explore a lot. Parts of it are already still like Disneyland, like the old town, I have to say. Mm. Mm, okay, another subject to discuss about. But We can speak about this very, very long. <laughs> <laughs> but other parts of the city are so original, like where Gela um, is living yeah. in. It's amazing. So again, thank you for being here with us. I would like to put um, the contact detail of the State Museum of Georgian Literature in the show notes. So everybody who's listening to it, uh, whenever you are here in Georgia, in Tiflis, stop by. I'm going to have a look, a look at the exhibition right now. Thank you, stay tuned and see you soon. Yours, Corina Rosa. Mm -hmm.